Hello, and welcome back yes, to the right. Unapologetically Afro-Latina podcast. Woo! <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Boricua Sol. And I am Queen Mufasa. We do not discriminate because Mufasa could have been a girl and you could have never known. So therefore, <laughs> he is a she. There we go. All right. Um, what are they called? They're um, transgenders. No, the one that, that don't identify. Non-binary. The fossil was non-binary. Of course he was. Because, um, yes. <laughs> so we're going to start our podcast with something very emotional that both me and Queen Mufasa had um, seen on Facebook. You guys probably saw it too. Um, it was a, she was 23. Yeah. A 23-year-old um, girl was messaging her dad's number, who had passed away for four years straight. Um, and when she decided to let him go and kind of stop messaging him, she got a really reassuring message back from that same phone number. So I read it, and I thought it was the sweetest thing. You know the funny thing about this whole thing, though? I read it while I was shitting. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Because that makes it so much more No, because, you know, when you're using the bathroom, you're scrolling on your Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, girl, Texas is father. See what happens next. So the tagline really got me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is some BS. Something really bad happened. Me too. So then I read what she wrote. And I was like, Right. Then I wrote, then he replied. And I was like, ah! While using the bathroom. So whoever hasn't read it, the gist of it is she was texting her dad uh, for four years straight and she was kind of texting him like the last message about how she was doing, mm-hmm. um, how she wasn't, you know, her life. She found a man, she oh, got yeah. married, all that stuff. Well, she's about to be married. Right. And then the person replied, said his name um, and said that he had lost his daughter in a wreck um, August of 2012 mm-hmm. and the messages that she was sending was keeping him alive um because he just imagined that it was his daughter sending those same messages going through life exactly and you know it i know a lot of people are not really religious out there but things happen for a reason and it just shows how the universe just places people in situations for the sake of Mm -hmm. bringing two people together for she was using this as a way for grieving and so was he. he yep. And he didn't want to, you know, make it look like he was a creep. Because, you know, anybody could have used that. Oh, yeah. And definitely. made it, like, so predatory. But he used it as a way of, like, you know, um, these are, like, little messages from heaven mm-hmm. from his daughter. And I hope that they, they meet in real life. But at the I same time, I mean... I don't think it's going to be bad if they don't. They yeah. can just leave it at it. It's, it's, it's like so a little, sweet. Mm-hmm. It's like a little mystery, like the sweetest thing ever. Yeah, I get it. Like you don't have to do that. And I, I feel bad for the guy, you know? I mean, he lost his daughter. And then to be reminded of his daughter over and over again. But he didn't see it as negative. Right. And uh, it's so touching. I cried. Yeah. I I, I mean, I it wasn't it. even just like the like the regular tears. Uh, it was a Kim ugly cry when she lost her earrings. In the- <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was like, oh. She said when she lost her earrings. Well, she, she I did. saw like a little clip of that. And Girl. I was just like. And then Courtney just had to come in. It was like, people are dying. People are starving in Africa. And I'm like, but first of all, that's a side note. Why is that every single time first from a promise? Africa? And, it has to be Africa. We have first world problems i get it but why can't you just say john is over there in the middle of the street with some cocaine in his blood and he died right why i gotta be my people in africa <laughs> and if you didn't know i'm actually from kenya so yeah 
<laughs> Somebody's gonna be like, where is that? Where is the accent? The accent is here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, so we're gonna move forward and we're gonna talk about kids. Oh, God. and their upbringing. Since so we, since we touched this topic about a father and a daughter. Yeah, you have three kids. Yes, I do, and I have none. <laughs> None, but um, you have three kids, so mm-hmm. I mean, this what made you think of your kids and how they would probably try to grieve if you were gone too soon. Oh yeah, you know that's touching. How how did you feel after you read that and thought about your kids? I was looking at it through the through both ways, and I was hoping that they maybe do something like this as their yeah. way of coping, mm-hmm. um, and not do anything because you know a lot of kids rebel they do their own thing oh yeah most in definitely. their way of trying to get over this you know grief or whatever mm-hmm. um but i was hoping that maybe that's the same way that they go or they just find some peace in knowing that i'm okay yeah you know um me i'd go ballistic <laughs> like i would just i can't i i don't know i can't even tell you in words like how i would feel y'all would have to lock me up because I'd be some kind of crazy person. If I See, kids. I think of my baby sister as my kid and my niece that's turned a year older and ruling my household. I bet. <laughs> you know, um, I look at it like, okay, I want them to be fine. But mm-hmm. I know for a fact if my baby sister would have died, I would be the biggest drug addict in the whole entire Durham stretch. I am not lying. Like, it would have been so bad because I would have somewhere to cope. Right. And I right. don't know how to cope seeing this little baby who I basically helped my mom raise. She's basically my baby. I don't see her as yeah. my sister, you know? And um, it really does suck. That's how I feel. But I, I love her to death. I would never tell her to her face, though. She oh, yeah. She don't even know. She's going to get her head too big. No. Yeah. No, but I, I I, don't know how I would cope with losing someone that close to me. Yeah. But, um, oh, well. <laughs> so like kids and up- upbringing and there's a quote that I actually saw on Facebook it was like the um the silent um what's it called again um it was like the silent poem from our generation and it was saying like parents are nice to our grandkids a silent apology for us ah, I wonder if that is the reason because yes that's so true so my my parents were completely different with how they treat me as opposed to how they treat my kids exactly so it's like i see how my grand my parents uh you know with my niece how Mm -hmm. they treat them and they're just so like so different and everything but then comparing and how I was raised, the I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of trauma that comes with moving to a new country and having your parents basically like having to um how do I say this? I don't know, like forget their family and just have to to work really hard. Yeah, doubles and trips. Like your parents are there, but they're not there, so you don't know how to get their attention. So you right. wild out and you think you're being a disappointment because of how they react towards you wanting to be free and. Yeah you don't know how to speak to them because all they think they have the third world mental state it was like you have to be good at school you have to be this you have to be that because you don't belong here exactly right. you have to be better than everybody and the pressure just to be good and then they'll be raising you yeah it's 
I don't know. I had so much resentment towards my parents for such a long time. Because oh, yeah. it wasn't even them taking me away from my friends or sheltering me to the point where I had no social life. It's more of like the toxicity that was in the household and the way that I was raised as a, because I was female, uh-huh. I had to hold up a standard and I sit here and I'm like, Look, if I cook and clean, it's because I need that survival instinct, mm-hmm. not because of a guy that need, I need to impress. Yeah. And I think it was different from you and me as compared to other Black and Hispanic families. Yeah. Just because we were raised not only in our own cultures, mm-hmm. but in a Christian household. Oh. So my parents were extremely strict. And I think from very, very young, they saw me and was like, this girl's very out there. Mm-hmm. She's very, you know, free. Like, I want to make my own choices. I want to do my own thing. Yeah, yeah. And they were, I guess, afraid of it. Mm-hmm. So them not knowing how to handle it, their way was to just keep me in this little bubble. Mm-hmm. And you can't go here and you can't do that. Like me and my husband talk and we compare things like he had the whole sit down and talk about sex stuff. I never had that. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, you know, where he can go out and hang out with friends and, you know, be out. I never got that opportunity. Yeah. Like if I wasn't with my sister, I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. And. And she never wanted to go anywhere with me. Mm-hmm. So it was like different. So in order for me to experience stuff, I had to do things behind their back, mm-hmm. which isn't the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, I made a lot of mistakes, but I felt like there was no other way for me to learn what I know now. Yeah. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I feel like when you have sheltered children, like my dad's, my dad's a pastor. Yeah. So I know what you mean by there was no talk about sex. There was no talk about like, my mom had to put us in a room and have like girl talk, but it was more like abstinence is everything. Right. There is no such thing as everything. You could even right. bring up how you felt. Like, which are natural progression of a little girl, like Mm -hmm. learning her body without being thrown the Bible at you. Like, that's a sin that you feel that way. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry that my body decided to have chemistry. Mm -hmm. I I don't understand, you know? So with being brought up with like the Christian household and then the toxicity of like not being able to express you, like my parents have told me like when I was a kid, like when I, I laugh loud, Mm -hmm. but when I would do, and it was around other people, my parents would like will look at me and be like why are you being such a disappointment really? like you're being an embarrassment right now wow. i'm actually enjoying my space my people who are there yeah the kids who are forced to be in this situation right now with right. me so we're making the best of like cracking jokes and i'm having fun but to be told as a kid that you're being an embarrassment for expressing yourself which then my parents for a while when you were so, when you were smaller you were so social Mm-hmm. It's like you are so social, you are so everything, and now you're just quiet. I don't know why I'm quiet. Mm-hmm. I just ended up saying, like, you know, it is what it is. I excluded myself who I was, and I didn't do any... I tried to do um, after-school activities. Yeah. 
but I lost interest. And I think that also puts me back to my depression mm-hmm. because I lose interest so easily in things that yes, I know that. make me happy. Because I, I still go back to that little girl is like everything that would do that was not that they approved yeah. was embarrassing a disappointment and it's not worth living for. My parents were exactly the same. Um, my parents had these things where, um, let's say if you, they were really adamant with abstinence. Mm-hmm. You need to be married before you have sex. Oh yeah. No questions, no, but what if, like nothing. Mm -hmm. It was, that's how it was. That's how it's going to be because that's something, the way that they said it was, that's something special that you give your husband. Yeah. Um, But the way that they would talk about people who didn't have, who didn't wait Mm -hmm. was just like, oh, she's like a used drag. Who's going to want her? Oh my God. And that's literally how they would talk. And Mm -hmm. it would make me feel some type of way because when, like, in my head, when I'm growing up, I knew, like, I was not going to have sex until I was married. Yeah. But that was a choice that I made for myself. Mm-hmm. When it happened, when I was 16, I cried so much mm-hmm. because I'm like, now who's going to love me? Oh, no. Because of, you know, I already did this. Mm-hmm. Now who's going to, who's going to, I'm a used drag, you know? And it wasn't even about them. It was about that they enlisted that in me so much mm-hmm. that I started believing that for myself. Exactly. And parents really don't know that what they say and what they, you know, drill into their kids is that Stick what they, them. Exactly. And it could either make them fruitful and mm-hmm. be what they want. But are you are you sure you should be saying all this? Are you sure you you're literally damaging an independent person that is made for something? Oh yeah. And making them into you. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to make your kids you. They're not you. They are a product of you. Right. So whatever you give them, they should make it better. Right. So if you give them a tool that's like, hey, make a make a house with these boxes and they make a mansion, you should be proud of that. Yeah. If they're overachievers or if they make like a little I tiny don't know, house. Tiny house. You and should it wasn't be, as big as you thought it was. Exactly. Yeah. You should still be proud of it because there are kids out here who are trying to discover who they are mm-hmm. and can't because they know for a fact that who they are is a disappointment to you. Right. And I think that's what also affected what affects people in their life once you get older because even now there's certain things that I won't do or say mm-hmm. either on Instagram social media like yeah. just anywhere where they're at because they're gonna say something like they're gonna complain and I already exactly. know it I already know that what I'm doing if I post it they're gonna say something like that that twerking video right, <laughs> right. it wasn't even twerking it was just me on boomerang just like being right. and it got you remember how I was freaking I was like it's on my face right exactly and the funny thing is, I'm married. Like, I, I'm a grown-ass woman. I shouldn't care. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't... You're, you're living your life. I need to live my own. Exactly. And it still sticks with me. Mm-hmm. And it still affects me. And I think that's an issue that I kind of realized when I was older. And then once I had my son, mm-hmm. I realized this is not what I want for my life. Like, yeah. because of the fact that I, I felt like I couldn't talk to my parents mm-hmm. because they were so strict and they wouldn't listen. Like, mm-hmm. my dad was literally like, you don't like the rules, you can get out. Exactly. Like, that was his way mm-hmm. of getting you to do what he wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. Um. So... I told myself, I'm going to be different with my kids. Yeah. I want them to be able to come to me about anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to have sex? Let me know. You want to smoke stuff? Let me know. Like, because I want to be able to control the situation and still give you the freedom to try things out mm-hmm. instead of being clueless. And you go out there 
and you impregnate somebody and then you in the exact in the exact position I am exactly. too young mm-hmm. and now you have to mature and there's certain things that it's not that I regret the way my life went because mm-hmm. you know I love my son yeah 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 and he taught me a lot he made me mature but there's things that I didn't experience that I wish I did mm-hmm. I didn't experience the whole clubbing you know going out yeah I didn't experience the college I never went like if I went to college I went to community college I never went to a dorm Mm -hmm. that was never a thing and that was always something that I wanted to experience but couldn't Mm -hmm. um so I I don't want that for my kids Mm -hmm. and I think that being open Mm -hmm. to accepting what they say to you and not overreacting as a parent oh yeah and understand what your kids are telling you that would be easier for me and it, it really comes to when I hate when I really do hate this. When my dad will say something and I'll be like, but what about this? It's like, so you're talking back to me? It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not talking back to you. I'm trying to have a conversation. I'm not, your word is not law. Right. Let me make that clear. Just because you're a parent doesn't mean your word is law. And I hate when parents think that they're God, mm-hmm. that they think that they control everything. And then that, that creates a really bad boundary between, because that makes kids not want to talk to you. Oh, yeah. Next, you know, you're hearing all these situations. Example, I was. No, because I came here when I was seven. I was about like almost 13. I was still in middle school. There's this aunt who used to come to my house and, you know, take care of us sometimes because she was part of our church. Okay. She'll come and take care of us whenever our parents would be both working as babysitting because she loved us. She loved hanging out with us right. anyway. So she thought of us as our, her kids. She, I was, I, I don't know what happened, but I had a mental breakdown. I'm too young to know what a mental breakdown was. But I had a mental breakdown and I was like, we have to get the dishes done. We have to make sure things are done. We have to make sure things are clean before mom and dad come home. I was having a huge anxiety attack. She's like, why? Because mm. nobody will help me. And that's all I remember saying. I blacked out. And I remember just being in my room, like after doing the dishes, being in my room, just like staying there. Right. And apparently years later, my mom tells me that she was told by her that I think you guys need to, you know, take care of very well. She is going through depression and (laughs) she's going through depression and my dad honestly all he did was like oh that's she's just being dramatic like Mm -hmm. no and then she never let that woman come back in the house wow all because she pointed at my dad i was like you allow the baby sister not the baby sister the middle sister to talk so much trash towards her right and which is why it's for a long time me and my sister really didn't have a really good relationship because she apparently didn't think that she needed to be corrected with her mouth but I mean, I was already enclosed in who I am. I couldn't really speak out. I never liked speaking up. I was always timid, shy, and everything. It's taken a lot for me to come out from that. And you know, that's funny because with me, it was the exact opposite. Yeah. So I was very, very out there, very outspoken. Um, I didn't like what you said. Oh, you gonna know because I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> um, and my parents knew that, so there was times where I, you know, they would have to look at me and be like, "You need to sit down." But my sister was very jump, mm-hmm. and she would be like, "How high?" Mm-hmm. Me, I was jump. Why you want me jump? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't feel like there's a need for me to jump. Can I just skip my way there? Yeah. Like, you know, trying to, can I climb? Like, that would be so much easier than just jumping. Yeah. That was me. And they didn't like that because I questioned it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just doing it the way my sister did. Oh, yeah. 
And so I felt that they gave her more leeway. So mm-hmm. it was, she would go out with her friends, you know, whatever she wanted to do. She was, she was allowed to do it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. Yeah. And if it wasn't with her, then it wasn't with anybody. Mm-hmm. So that really bugged me for a while. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, I don't feel like I have the freedom. But then my mistake was, is when I was given that freedom, I overdid it. Yeah. I did too much, and then I ended up back in the position that I was before. Because you, but the thing about it is, I don't really blame you for overusing this. Like you were in a place where you weren't even given the milk mm-hmm. to have the cow to give right. you a taste, to give you like, okay, let's give you a piece of freedom, and then let's work your way up. Right. No, they gave you the entire cow after secluding you away from milk for like ever. Yeah. And then you ended up killing the cow getting the beef. Mm. <laughs> so then you're right. stuck here like, hold on now, this hand's supposed to work like this. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think it was also because, you know, they saw, okay, she's really free. Mm-hmm. So we have to give, they, they didn't trust me from the get-go to know. Mm-hmm. She knows what's right. Yeah. You know, she knows what she needs to do and what she can't do. So when I was given that freedom, mm-hmm. I was trying to experience everything. Exactly. But the thing once. is, if you know for a fact that I ain't going to know what's wrong, right? And you know, you know I'm going to fail. Why would you even do that? Why would yeah. you set me up for failure? You should, okay, we're going to give you this freedom, but we're going to still hold your hand. You can do this, but you can't do this. Yeah. Reason being one, two, three. And I hate when parents are like, I said no because no. You're not giving me a reason. Yeah. Say what you want. I'm telling you no because I feel as a parent, this is not safe for you to experience at the moment. Yeah, Maybe right later here. in life, I would love you to experience this, but not right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're trying to keep your innocence. Why? Because of X, Y, and Z, right. and A, B, C, and one, two, three. You're not giving me a reason. You're telling me because I am the authority. Yeah, because no is no. Yeah. And then you get mad when I ask you why. Because mm-hmm. you can't come up with anything. Yeah. Because you're only saying no for the sake of saying no to flash by that you're like over me. And then you get mad when... I get older and I don't want anything to do with you. I have no relationship with you at all. And I'm just, you, you and I are just in the house together. Right. And see, my dad used to think that everything I did was for payback to him Mm -hmm. or to affect him or to hurt him. And Mm -hmm. in my head, I'm like, this ain't about you. What was it? (laughs) Like, because see, this is the thing. Me and me and my dad and my mom would sit down and have like 30 to an hour. Let me rephrase that. They would have 30 minutes to an hour conversation with me and I would just sit there. And be lectured. And say absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And they would ask me, do you have something to say? And I'd be like, no. But I did. In my head, I had so much to say. Exactly. But because I knew, like I still had some type of respect for my parents. Mm-hmm. And because I knew the way that I wanted to say something was not right. Mm-hmm. And I was so angry by all the stuff that they were saying the fact that they were just assuming the incorrect thing exactly that i was just like i'm just gonna sit here and be quiet because like anything else that i say i'm just gonna make crap worse like it's just not gonna get any better um but he would be like oh you're just trying to you know do this to hurt me you know he said the reason why i got pregnant was to hurt him and i'm like and i was just like i'm gonna get pregnant just to affect my daddy no, you that's think not... that's what I wanted, man? If I wanted to affect you, I would have done something not as bad, but still something. Right, something. I would have like, tripped you. 
Cut right. socks. Said something hurtful. Like that was my way of thinking. Like me hurting him. I'm gonna say something hurtful. Man, get your socks and make them white with pink sand. I don't know something. something. <laughs> but not essentially restricting my life with having a child. Not that a child is restricting, but there's so many things that once you have a child, you can't do. Exactly. And you know why would I put myself? Why would I purposely put myself in that position just to affect you? Yeah. Like, now I have to sit here with a child. Like, if I really was that mm-hmm. type of person, now I got to sit here with a child that I didn't want, mm-hmm. that I only did to affect you, just to get you mad, piss mm-hmm. you off, and hurt you. I got to sit with him for 18 years. What? That makes no sense. Ain't nobody thinking about you, Willis. <laughs> You're right. What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about? So it was just, it was crazy. And I didn't understand it. Exactly. And then they just treated, like once once my son was born, Mm -hmm. during the whole entire pregnancy, I was treated like trash. Oh, yeah, I remember those. I was treated like total trash, comments back and forth, um, and hurtful comments. And I think it was mainly because my dad was hurt Mm -hmm. that I got pregnant so young, seeing how he raised me and everything. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, do you not understand that I'm already going through something? Like, I already have to stay here and be the stereotypical 16-year-old Hispanic who's pregnant. Yeah. And about to have a baby super young. Mm -hmm. With a dude who wants nothing to do with this child. Yeah. He's immature and he's not getting it. Which I don't still don't like him. And I will, if I ever <laughs> meet him in the streets, I'm capping his knees, bro. <laughs> you heard but, Um, And you on top of that, you're trying to be, you know, you. I understand that you're trying to process something, but that's not the way. Exactly. You shouldn't have hurt me. Right. To, to, if you think I hurt you, why would you hurt me to think that's going to make you feel better? Right. Hurt people hurt people, but it never makes you feel better. Right. So. Get some therapy. It was just, it was crazy. And when my when my son was born, um, I think what eased him was the fact that he finally had a, a boy. Yeah. Which was also something that I was just like. Really? This is like the whole process. I'm like, you guys are like totally not registering everything that's happening right here. Mm-hmm. Because they somehow thought that, oh, she had a boy so young. We're going to raise him. Mm-hmm. And I literally had, I couldn't whoop him. Mm-hmm. I whooped, mm, I couldn't <laughs> whoop him living in the house. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Because I would whoop him and they would, why are you whooping him? There's no need for you to whoop him and blah, blah, blah. So essentially I had as a mom, no control over my own child you had no rights right rights right because they took over it they they love to throw on my face on how they bought diapers how they bought wives how they like just all that stuff um so when me and him moved out Mm -hmm. it was hard Mm -hmm. to get back that control of you are my son and I am your mom and I have you have to respect me yes and I whooped this boy's butt every day how many times every day day. I saw some of them whippings and lord let me tell you something I never (laughs) ever I would have shielded that child took all the whippings if I could But he was bad. He was. (laughs) Because, you know, as soon as those grandkids come out. Oh, don't hurt my baby. Yes. My baby, my baby. I'm about him everything. I'm going to spoil him. First of all, where was all this for me? Right. Number two, he don't need that much. He don't. Just feed him, clothe him, and let him live. Right. But nah. 
he um did i ever tell you that my dad asked me to give him to him give him what give give my son to him for what so he can raise him uh no mm-hmm. he was like he would always say it like oh if you want to leave you can leave but your your child stays and i'm like oh, if my. i leave my whole child that oh, came my out of body. my what it's going to come with me. Push this nigga out. You best believe it. Almost died on the table. Right. All of my guts. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. You best believe it. Little boy come with me. Exactly. And all them taxes that come with it, too. I'm so <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know kids. All that tax credit. <laughs> Every kid that comes into this world, the taxes right. are important. Right. Well, when I when I met my husband, mm-hmm. um, and we got together, we got serious. You know, we found out we were having a baby. Yeah. And we moved to Asheville. My dad had called me and he was like, hey, you know, you can... Matias was staying with him over the summer Mm -hmm. um, because that was around the time that I was going to have my other child. And he was like, you know, you can just leave him here and he can stay with me and you guys can be a family. And I'm like... That don't make no sense. No. Because we are a family, mm-hmm. you know. My husband came into his life so young, so that was his dad. Like they Exactly. Had, he had decided that he wanted to be my son's dad, and my son looked like he was all for it. Exactly. Because the thing is that I was, well, I was in mostly in and out of the whole thing, because me and you play tag on relationships. We do? <laughs> <laughs> every single time. But every single time I would see your husband with your son, like it would be such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he just openly was like, yeah, I mean, I know this son, this guy is like belongs to another guy, but I love him and I'm going to take care of him because yeah. I love you. Right. And not many men can do that. No. So if you ever find one, ladies, ladies, announcement, if you can find a man that loves you enough to love your son or love your daughter. Send him to Queen Mufasa, please. <laughs> Send him to me because I need a brother. <laughs> and if he has a brother, I am willing. <laughs> Kidding. But just keep him. Like, guys, just keep him because that's a big deal. And that's what pisses me off about these. We talked about this in the, in the previous you know, first one. Yeah. That's what pisses me off about these women mm. who do not let their loyal baby daddies, the, the, the guys that actually want to be in the kid's life. And show it. Right. Y'all just, y'all be some stingy people. Like, exactly. Y'all to let that go. And all because he wants to move on from you. Just because right. he doesn't want you doesn't mean you have to punish the kids. That's another toxic trait that you're adding onto your children. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help because you're making him look like he's an actual deadbeat when in reality you're the deadbeat. Right. And it's time, like in 2019, we had to change the conversation. Yeah. It's not all men. That out here don't want to be with their kids. They just have sacrificed it. Like, I know for a fact that regardless of what I do, she's going to make it miserable for my kids. So I have to disappear. How hateful in your life do you feel okay in sleeping and I know that you made this man have to make that decision? And it's crazy because it's like, okay, so you have two choices. Mm -hmm. Have him be in your life, be in a relationship with you, and you guys are always fighting. Mm-hmm. You're never getting along. He doesn't want to be there. Your kid is seeing you guys exactly. fight and argue and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or be separate. Be happy. Co-parent this child together. Raise them to be okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, which one is better? Like that's I would have wanted that a million times over than what I have. And I have 
told this person the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. Like, look, you live your life. I live mine. We, you know, obviously there's nothing here, but we need to co-parent this child. I really want you to be in this child's life. Yeah, this is your seed. How do you look at the thing that came out your nutsack and it's so cute and so lovable? And you just be like, no, nah, I don't want it. How? That's half of your DNA right there staring right you right in the face right and how do you not want to be a part of that i can never ever understand that logic Mm -mm. like i get it when people are not ready to be fathers and mothers i get that but when the time comes you have a choice i mean yeah either a big one either be ready or stand aside for somebody who would Right. And right. on top of that, stop wasting these people's times. If you're not going to, if you do not want to have a kid, wrap it up. Use contraceptives. Make sure that woman is on birth control. Make sure that you have condoms that are not too old where they could rip at any moment. I know being in the raw feels good. I know. I know Sometimes, it feels good. Some of these thank you people, you got to be careful. Exactly. <laughs> I know that. But these young kids out here. Don't know. Yeah. They're like, the raw feels great. The raw feels great. I get it. I get it. I'm also a sexual being. But that will never. HIV and STIs are way too damn high for you to be going in raw on every single body. That's why I want to be so open with my kids about it where they feel that it's okay to come to me and be like, hey, mom, I want to have sex. Like, I I think I'm ready and blah, blah, blah. Yes, they're going to hear the you know christian spiel because that's what i'm raising them to be of course so you're gonna hear the you know this is what the bible says to wait this is what i would prefer you to do i would prefer you to wait just to avoid any kind of issue yeah you know definitely but if you feel like that isn't as important like you still really want to do it and you feel confident that you can avoid certain things all for it, boo. I'll go and, and buy them condoms. For, what size you need? You gonna measure it because you ain't gonna take that because boys are they're still like, man, I'm a magnum man. I got that big long. No, you don't. No. Pinky mm-hmm. looking. See, I I told my husband what mm-hmm. we're gonna do is the moment I find out that one of them wants to have sex, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get a bowl and I'm gonna fill it up with condoms, all different sizes, colors, flavors. I don't whatever you want. It vibrates. It don't. <laughs> I. <laughs> All of them. Dang, I know you're serious too. I sure am. And you take them as you go. Out the door, you take one. Take two, three, four, five, six, seven, a hundred if that's what you need to do. You better use them. They're going to be up to date too. I don't care what you do with them. You can sell them. I I don't care. But you better take some. Be prepared. You know, because I'd rather you have safe sex than you come home and be like, Mom, you're going to be a grandma. And I'm 34. Mom, I have a HIV. Right. Because I'm going to be somebody that. Exactly. Because I get it. People want to think that it hasn't happened to me yet. So mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. It only takes one time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I was in, I don't think it was freshman year. I think it was sophomore year in high school. This one girl, I just started being friends with her. She's like, yeah, I lost my virginity and now I'm pregnant. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. Shoot. It's crazy. It's crazy. But at the same time, it's like, guys, it, it, we're in 2019. There is so much stuff going out in the air. Yeah. There's so much education 
out here. Educate yourself on safe sex practices. I get it that, again, you want to go in the raw and it might feel good to you, but is it worth it? Can you flip it and reverse it? I don't think you can. (laughs) Because you can't reverse that HIV, okay? Can you flip it and reverse it? You can. Mm -mm. I'm sorry, like... It can't flip and reverse that child. But at the same time, I feel like it's not just the kid's fault. I feel like it's the parent's fault as well. Mm -hmm. Because you weren't as educated. And the way that you you are upbringing your children isn't teaching them the right way. No, because they're making sex like this forbidden thing. And you know as a kid, you're so curious. So you're just like, oh, my parents said this is wrong. That means it must be right. No, I'm going to make this the most boringest thing Mm -hmm. you ever find. I'm going to bring you scientific but it's not even that it's also like the parents who their kids see a different man each week Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. of them see a different man each day yeah and they're like it should be fun right since mom is having fun or dad is out here with every you know every amanda paul Mm -hmm. and whatever i don't know what people are into nowadays i think everybody's into everything so i just feel like if you want to be a good example to your children i feel like you need to be open Mm -hmm. you need to be honest now there's a degree you have to be honest with and learn like at each age you can open up more and more but there you should always be aware that kids watch you kids learn from you and you're not raising kids you're raising adults Oh, yeah. I learned that from watching Dr. Phil a little bit because that's what he likes to say. We're not raising kids because kids don't say kids forever. Yeah. You're raising adults. Yeah. These are adults that are going to go out into the world and they're going to carry your family name. I would suggest you try Mm -hmm. to make them as much positive adults as possible. Because the last thing you know is that, is that Johnson's? Oh, you know about Johnson, their generation. And the Johnson after that generation. Right. "Mm, Nasty. Right. And I'm telling you, these kids pick up so much that you won't even think about. The other day, I was pulling on my son's hair. Mm Mm-hmm. Like trying to be funny, mm-hmm. and this little boy's gonna go and be like, "Ay, but, and I'm thinking he's gonna say puta, mm-hmm. but he wanted to say puñeta, which is even worse because it's kind of like saying fuck. Yeah. Um, and in my head, I'm like, "Where, where'd you get this? Because <laughs> I've never said that word in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And I know that because me and my husband try, we don't curse in front of the kids. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, where did you get that? And he was like, oh, from, you know, his. So we have a family friend and her daughter takes him every once in a while. Uh-huh. And so he said that he heard it from her because mm. she says it all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's where he got it. And I said, I don't care where you're listening to this stuff. It's not something you should say. And you know, it's not something you should say because you stopped. Exactly. Right before you were going to say it. Because you knew I was going to pop what? that ass. Like, you don't know. No. Woo. I wish they would cuss in front of me. I'll be like, sir, I am your godmama. Don't you dare Same break room. my heart. I don't got to do nothing. Day from here, all the way in the living room, and they cuss, you can that chocolate are coming. <laughs> chocolate flying. <laughs> Fling that chocolate like it's a boomerang and it's going to come back. Which reminds me of like a little thing I saw. This woman, um, she would think she was on Lois, but I knew she was a Hispanic woman. <laughs> I knew it. I just didn't know how. But she was telling this kid to come out of this. You know how they have playhouse? for kids mm-hmm. she was like come out of there 
And she, the kid would not budge. She took off that shoe and was like, I saw a flash of light of a child just running away. Yep. And I was like, that chunk claw would fly. Yep. If it had a soul. <laughs> but you know what I realized? Mm-hmm. That it is a higher percentage mm-hmm. of black and Hispanic people that discipline their child as opposed to white people. And now we're not trying to, I'm not trying to be racist here. I'm not trying to say anything. Well, but when, some of the most, because I work at a pizza clinic, mm-hmm. yo, some of these these moms, these white moms, y'all need to get y'all kids together. With that belt. What? That belt. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you a story. Mm-hmm. One little girl went back to, with her brother mm-hmm. to her appointment. Yeah. Or to his appointment. And um, they came out, and I guess she wasn't behaving well mm-hmm. in the back. So the mom was like, you're not getting a sticker because of your behavior. And so she got mad, and she was like, mm. and She was like, that's why you're not getting anything. Mm-hmm. She was like, I want a sticker. She was like, no, you're not getting a sticker. This little girl started yelling, I want a sticker. And she started, like, stomping. Mm-hmm. She had a doll in her hand. Uh-huh. And she grabbed that doll with her arm uh-huh. and she threw it on the floor. I think that she threw it at the mom. I would have been like, oh, hell no. And she was like, I want a stacker. Oh, God. And then she kicked it. I ain't going to kick it. It's already down. She didn't kick the doll. And the mom didn't do a damn thing. She just stood, she just stood there. She went and whispered something into the little girl's ear and that's it. And the girl kept doing it. The girl threw that doll on the floor like three times. Honey, she wouldn't even have the chance to throw that doll one time. Because the moment she would have yelled, I want a sticker, that would have been it. You, who are you yelling at? Because you're not yelling at me. Best believe it. <laughs> so, like, I understand, like, discipline, disciplining your children and whatnot. But I also know how we can go into more of a child abusive mm. way. So, I feel like there should be a balance. Because just because we as African-American people, as well as Hispanic and Latino, as well as immigrant people, we beat our children. I think we should have a little restraint because sometimes I think we might read into the situation like they're disrespectful, but in reality, they're not. So, because, you know, we were raised that way. Right. But at the same time, at that moment, I would have whooped that child ass so bad. Oh, wow. Yelling in public my- and telling me I want a sugar after I told you no. Ooh, child. My dad would have whooped that belt out from his pants like it was nobody. And whooped me all the way down the hall to the car. Didn't I tell you? <laughs> Every syllable. Everything. Yeah, I would have I would have been, like, in the greatest spelling bee. Girl, I don't... and. And it's more and more people that do it. And then I think the problem that I'm going to speak to my culture, the problem that Hispanic people have is we are so afraid Mm -hmm. of being called on. Like if we whoop our kids in public, we are so afraid of having the cops being called on us because some of us are immigrants. We don't have papers and we're just scared that this little thing is going to send us back to a place we don't want to go. But at the same time with, you know, Africans and African-Americans as well, because the, if you have seen the past two years or since Trump has been in president, you have seen police officers. I'm like, even Mm. though it's been happening for years now, it's being videotaped. You're seeing a lot of police officers just shoot down and kill innocent people. Which, okay, I'm going to say something. What? Those videos, I feel like, are not okay. 
just yeah. because is it okay what the cop is doing no it's not okay i don't agree with how mm-hmm. they're reacting to the situation yeah but at the same time you do not know what that person did before the other person started recording that's true but then now we also have body cameras yeah telling the whole entire story so, right which so, is so now, much better which is great but then there's some videos where have you seen the one with the one happened on facebook live where the guy was killed on Facebook Live in front of his girlfriend and his daughter. Where he was in the car? He was in the car. Um, and all he told was, was like, I do have a gun, but it's a registered gun. But I'm not reaching for my gun. He's saying it out loud. I'm reaching for my wallet to get my ID. But isn't... Okay, but at the same time, didn't the officer tell him not to move? Exactly. So, I feel like right there, oh, it was an error with the... With the gentleman as yeah. well as the cop. Because oh, yeah. he's at the same... You have to understand, a cop, when he's going into into that situation, mm-hmm. he doesn't know what he's expecting. Like, yeah. he doesn't... Okay, you can tell him, yeah, I'm, I'm reaching for my ID, but you might not be reaching for your ID. Which is true. But at the same time, you're telling me that the first thing you're going to reach all the time is your gun. You're not going to reach anything like a yeah, taser could, right. or a, a something to defend yourself. That right. is such a small space that you could have, even if he tried to shoot you, you could have moved far enough or on the side yeah. for you to even shoot your taser in a position where you would have been fine. Yeah. Even if he was. So I feel like I agree to a degree, but at yeah. the same point, if you're a police officer, you are trained to protect and serve. Yeah. There is no way you should be reaching for your gun at every single point. And there's such a distrust between police officers and the African American community mm-hmm. because we're you are looked at as the next level KKK. Yeah. You're not looked at as someone who's supposed to protect us. And it's like you have the good cops who can't stand up because because they know they're going to lose their jobs. Yeah. You have, you know, bad cops letting them do what they want because it's so much rooted down into the government. Like, it's oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. But anyway. And I get that. <laughs> and there was like, um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Because you said something, and I was like, yes, that is totally true. And I'm going to say it. You're going to figure it out. I'm trying to. <laughs> Lord, girl. Oh, I, God. How do you forget? I don't know, because it was a very good point, too. So, but you don't reach for your gun. Right, okay. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving me that jump. No problem. There's always, and, and that's another thing that I agree with, because why do you need to reach for that? Like, you could have just. I understand in certain situations, if you were in a shootout, don't be dumb and pull out your taser and be like, hey, I'm going to tase you. <laughs> exactly. Like, don't nobody hear about that. But, you know, you have to be able to, in a stressful situation, mm-hmm. evaluate the pros and cons of what you're going to do. Exactly. Not just always go for the lethal thing first. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, you know, way that a, a man who's sitting in the car with their child wants to go and he's telling you what he's gonna do wants to go and shoot you like exactly like i can get it words can be deceiving but at the same time i mean there was even a controversy i hope it's i, I'm, I don't want to quote this wrong i don't want to say if it's the nypd but it was some type of cops they were shooting practicing shooting on um black people 
shots, mug shots. You're literally being trained as a cop to shoot black people. people. And it's pissing me off. Like, mm. why are you being told that? Like, at the end of the day, you should not be doing that. Yeah. And then you look at it, is that all the training is to learn how to shoot? Because if that is, we all can go to the gun range. Oh, yeah. There should be more in-depth. Mm-hmm. You should have know how to do psychology. Mm-hmm. You should learn how to uh, read body language, as well as you should know how to control your anger. Yeah. Because somebody's not doing what you want to do, you want to beat them up. And that's where... So I watch like a lot of you know, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Um, nine one one, yeah, all those types of shows, and in the past, like recently, I've seen a lot of the shows have something about cops, you know, and black kids, mm-hmm. and discriminating, and you know, doing just having a attitude of you know because you're black, there's something wrong, yeah, and the way that the kids react to it, and how you're supposed to now train. A black boy to do and say with cops and it hurts like every time I see it mm-hmm. I want to cry because it's like I have to teach my kids that exactly because they're half black mm-hmm. so now I have to teach them like okay if a cop comes near you you have to put your hands up like don't reach for anything don't make any sudden movement like this is what you're supposed to say. Right. My because they have so and so, all this like why do I have to teach my kids that? And you know, that's the that goes back to my point. It's like you are here to protect and serve. Please don't cry because <laughs> you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> it's like you are here to protect and serve right. the community. Right. You are a civil servant. Our taxes pay for your money. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you are here to serve me. Mm-hmm. And only me. And if that is a problem that I'm black and you've stopped me because I have a broken taillight, that doesn't mean fight me. Yeah. I'm not saying shoot me. I want to live. And you know what sucks the most is now the whole gun control situation has gone so far yeah. off the rails that you have people who are from other countries being warned, especially African countries. Yeah. Because you can't tell a difference until they speak that they look like African-Americans. Yep. If you go to the United States, you are being warned. Be careful. Who does that? Yeah. What country should do that PSA? Yeah. And And it's hard for somebody because of the fact that you're already going from one place that is that's not good for you. It's not yeah. healthy mm-hmm. to go to another state or another country that automatically judges you mm-hmm. for something that you didn't even do. And exactly. it's just because of the color of your skin. I mean, you would think that we've come from like it's now 400 years past slavery. Mm-hmm. Like and the strives we have come as a human race mm-hmm. why are we still discriminating each other right why is there and you know what i mean it's fine regardless because we're all i can see multiple of the the um what's it called then? the underdogs coming together yeah i see the underdogs coming together and i know for a fact i'm sorry white people i love (laughs) y'all from afar but right the racism is dying and it's so not cool (laughs) 
But here's the problem that I have. Yeah. The racism between black people, like colored people, mm-hmm. as opposed like white and black, mm-hmm. is kind of slowly being overrated. Like, it's kind of too much now. And yeah. everybody's just kind of like, okay, this is too far. Yeah. Um, but in our own culture. Oh my God. Yeah. It is way too much. It's so much colorism. It's crazy. Like Hispanic people, if you are darker skin, mm-hmm. they call you morenos mm-hmm. and not a lot of people like you exactly. because you are of a darker skin color. Yep. And it's just crazy to me. Like in Honduras, mm-hmm. um, you have, you know, people from the islands that are near like the water and stuff like that. Of course. They're more dark skin mm-hmm. and they get discriminated so much you know the really bad part about this all is like each part of the world has colorism you Mm -hmm. have asia africa the hispanic latino areas you have all of these areas having so much colorism but then you have the white people wanting to be as dark as possible and there is no colorism there because they want to be dark Mm -hmm. okay so i'm just like if we have the whitest white trying to be dark (laughs) why are we fighting each other right like i don't like i just started putting torture together i'm like first of all ain't no white person getting mad at somebody who white or who black Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of my people sometimes are in denial of what is in their bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Um, because my my grandmother's dad was dark skinned. Mm-hmm. So he is what we refer to as an Afro Latino. Yes. Um, so obviously she got some of those traits. Mm-hmm. When she got with my grandfather, he was a lighter skin color. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously my, my dad and my aunts, they all came out with light skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my great grandfather was dark skin, but his wife or his partner, I don't know what they were, mm-hmm. um, was light. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can barely tell that my grandmother had some kind of yeah. Afro-Latina Cause I in could her. barely see the fact that you have any, except for your hair. Right. And that's where I'm going at yeah. is because. I think that growing up, my grandparents and my uncle and my aunt and my uncles were so in denial about the fact that we don't have black in our Mm -hmm. thing that when I was born and my hair was different, Mm -hmm. it's like they didn't even want to acknowledge that, okay, Millie has Afro-Latina hair. Mm -hmm. Like, this is different from my mom's straight and wavy. Yeah. Different from my sister's, you know, kind of curly straight. Mm-hmm. And definitely different from my dad's. It yeah. was literally like, if you see my grandmother's hair, it was the same one as mine. Exactly. And their way of fixing it was perms to make them straight. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole bunch of treatments to make it straight. Mm-hmm. And I grew up not knowing how to handle my own hair because they were in denial of it. Exactly. So you never, your hair... 100% of the time in its natural, untouched, Never. unbothered Never. self. It's only when you become an adult where you're just like stuck with this thing on top of your head. You're like, what the hell do I do with this? Right. Because I got tired of flat ironing it. Of course. It takes too long. The gel that you used to put in your hair. Yep. Girl, that, that gel never... was ugly. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that gel phase in high never... school. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was like super, you you touched my hair and it was crunchy. Girl, yes, but you thought you were the best. I thought I was the bomb. I was the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't know. Like, I didn't know what else to do with it. And 
remember I had three different styles. Exactly. You had the whole hair, um, um, what's it called again? With um gel, and then you had a bang that was straight. Oh god. <laughs> or you had your whole entire hair like pulled back in a ponytail. Yep. With like just it being a little bit curly or yep. whatever. Or you had your straight hair. That's it. That's it. I didn't have anything else. There was no other option because I didn't know anything else. With as much of a bad memory that I have, I'm so surprised I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have bad memory. Yep. But at the same time, um, so I'm in history class, so we're learning about the Columbus effect, mm. which is when Columbus came down here and he thought that he knew everything. Right. And which affected to bring slavery. But then we learned about the slave trades and how we were like, you have three different races. First of all, in this whole Western area from like, not Canada, but mostly nor- uh, the United States area mm-hmm. to like the middle where Mexico is with Cuba and all that okay. to all the way South America. It all had ind- indigenous people. Okay. I think I'm saying that wrong, but native people. Right, right, right. Native people were already there. Then you bring in these white people, the Spaniards, English... European people who are bringing the slaves. Next thing you know, you have all these three different kinds of people Mm -hmm. making love and having children. Obviously, it's going to be turning out into a whole cluster of people. So you have very dark Hispanic people to the very lightest, whitest Mm -hmm. Hispanic person to the most darkest um, European to the most white as European and then you have a European with the most African features mm-hmm. and you know I'm going to give people a little insight if y'all don't know this just because you see a blue eyed blonde headed cute man or woman mm-hmm. that don't necessarily mean that they're white exactly they are more than likely Cuban because mm-hmm. Cubans look just like white people exactly Cubans and Mexicans mm-hmm. look just like white people. Exactly. And you would never even know until they start talking in Spanish. Exactly. And then you have people who don't think that Africans or African Americans can be red, have red hair mm-hmm. or have blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Or I'm like, if you don't understand, other colors come from us. Right. We created the other colors that you have. That's why we have Fifty Shades of Fenty Beauty. No. Anyway, like I was saying, is like you have all these shades but you have certain pictures that have been popping up on facebook and all these like historical shows of like black children with like blue eyes girl red hair blonde hair and blue eyes Ooh. and they are as dark as night one time i worked at i was working um as a phlebotomist yeah and i went to the school and i saw this gorgeous i was like why am i not younger than what I am at the moment. Because <laughs> this boy was chocolate mm-hmm. with like curly hair mm-hmm. and blue eyes. Mm. Like it was so abnormal to me that I was like, look, this is very unprofessional. Mm-hmm. But are those your real eyes? And he was like, yeah, everybody thinks that I wear contacts, but they're mine. Yeah. And I'm like, you're just gorgeous. You're like a picture perfect of a mixture of everything. Exactly. And I would never forget that. I was like, I've seen, you know, I've seen chocolate men with green eyes. Yeah. 
you seen them like with light hazel eyes. Yeah. But this man had blue eyes. Ocean blue. Oh my goodness. I was just like. And that's the thing is like people think when people um say with cultural appropriation when white women wear our boxer braids. What Kim Kardashian mm. said about when they're just like regular braids. Like, bitch. Anyway. <laughs> it's like it's just regular braids. It's like you're there was um which is what Beyonce did with her daughter for one of the music videos for Lion King. And a comment was like, because the whole Ariel situation was like, black women don't have red hair. It's all fake. So she was on the video and her daughter came out with red hair to show. Like there's actual culture people who have red hair and they're black as night. That's wow. one that's it's like when Dominicans say they ain't black when we all know. Girl, one time I found this <laughs> black girl at the store. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking she black. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, she's pretty. And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, she's really cute." I hear her talk Spanish. I said, "Lord, she Dominican." Yeah. I said, "Thank you, Jesus." Dominicans look just like black people. Exactly. Straight up. And you should own it. Mm-hmm. If you have an African heritage in your family, own it. Because that just means you're just mixed with so much more culture. But since you say that, mm-hmm. my way of owning it is I want to get like really long braids. Why don't you get braids? Because I don't know if y'all would accept me. <laughs> like, yes, I'm Afro-Latina, but y'all don't know that. Y'all just <laughs> think I'm Hispanic. I feel, and I don't know how I would look with like the braids, and then you guys have like those little gold things that you put on the braids. Yeah, I totally want to do that, but I'm too tender headed. And I mean, your hair texture is Afro Latina, but I felt your hair before. It needs a little more, you know, <laughs> a little more <laughs> <What> texture. The- <laughs> it's dry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you need a little bit more oil or something. I should be the last one with me wearing wigs every single Girl. day. I'm sorry. Right now, I'm wearing a whole curly wig. and It's, it's the wi- though. It's the wig of the day. Yeah. Actually, no, it's the wig of the week. Oh, so you can wear it for the whole week? Yeah, except for Saturday when I wear back my blonde wig. Oh, okay. That's when are you going to do your braids again? Those were cute. My braids? Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, when I get an appointment. You know, booking an appointment is so hard. Really? Yeah, because the one person you want... She's always booked and busy. Oh, so you're like, the good hey, ones. The good ones are always booked and busy like three months ahead. And you're like, why? 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 But yeah. So. You know what you should do? And this is what I've wanted to do for a long time. What? So you would get half of your hair. Uh-huh. Right? And I want to do like just two French braids that go like on your head to the side and they're super long. I think that is the cutest thing ever. Why don't you do it? With like different colors. You know, like I get weave uh-huh. and I put like a red one or a blue one or whatever yeah. on it. And that would look so cute. Why don't you do it? I don't know. You should do it. <laughs> You're a little rocking. It's only French braids. Ain't no African-American going to be like, oh, she, she, she out here appropriating. I'm like, well, she's not saying boxer braids like Kim Kardashian did. Yeah. I swear to God, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, she not, she did not create those braids, those are French braids. Just call them what they are, right? Right. right. And there's nothing French about them. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's nothing French about them. Exactly. <sighs> girl. girl, it's an hour on this podcast already. Really? Yes. Yes, we can talk about this stuff all day. Okay, now we're about to, now we're going to clear something up here, okay? Because we're about to talk about something. 
Oh, God. But before we do... Oh, my goodness. Everything that has been saying... Obviously, everything that we say in this podcast is our own opinion. Our own opinions. Um, there might be stuff that every once in a while we'll look up just to get a little bit more information of. But it is our own opinion based on our life and our culture and how we were, you know, bra- raised and everything that we go through. Of course, through. yes. Um, so this next topic has... Please don't come at us, y'all. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, like... Don't come at us. Just remember that we have, everybody has their own opinions and everybody, some might agree, some might not. So, yeah. Y'all, I swear to God, if y'all come for me. <laughs> Don't come for me. Come for your edges that looks like Jeez. shit. <laughs> we, we was about to talk about this wall that's coming up. Y'all know what wall we talking about. The Trump wall. The Trump wall. Is that what Which is a whole it? joke because everybody's talking about how Mexico should just build like a ladder. <laughs> I'm just like... I'm still know? waiting for Mexico to send the money though. What money? <laughs> That's the point. It's like everyone... Oh my God. I love George Lopez. I love George Lopez because he was just like, we ain't paid for no wall. And I was like... And he started cussing everybody on his Twitter. He was like, that is so not American. He was like, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I honestly think we should... I honestly think Mexicans should build it, though. Why? Because then y'all can make, like, a secret passageway and just send people through it. Oh, hey, why not? I also feel like they should, you know, do it because then they they can make America pay taxes on it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Give it back to your people. Maybe your people will stop trying to leave your country. If you knew how to take care of them, just saying, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. sorry. Because, you know, they're leaving. Yeah. They're leaving that country for a reason. So if masses are leaving your country, maybe you should, I don't know, take care of your people. And I can't speak for all of Central America. Of course. I can only speak for the little bit that I know of Mm -hmm. Honduras. Um, A lot of people are leaving because of the gangs. Yeah. You cannot go far before a gang is sitting there asking you for money Mm -hmm. and it's you have either two options you pay for the rest of your life to a gang to leave you alone um to let you have your business or whatever Mm -hmm. or you join it only two options you have you know which is the same thing as the african-american um like neighborhoods Mm. because it's all run by gangs Mm -hmm. so then you have each gang is like at each not say corner, but they own a section of yeah, each yeah. level. And it's like the rich people have created this unbalanced of people. So you have people who have to scavenge and hunt and they come together as a gang and they're like, forget y'all. Right. So you're making people who who's supposed to be working together to build a better life, fighting each other mm-hmm. while you and your girl are on a penthouse right. enjoying calamari. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, what is calamari again? Isn't that fried octopus? I think so. Okay. And yeah, and fish eggs. Ooh. Well, fish eggs are actually kind of good when you eat them on sushi. But anyway, <laughs> y'all eating period fish eggs, y'all oh. messy. <laughs> so I I researched a little bit of um kind of like the <laughs> kind of like the pros and cons of the wall. Obviously. We can sit here and tell you what the cons might be. Um, But I wanted to give a little positive, you know, stuff. Because I don't want to just, I don't want to be biased. Mm -hmm. I want to tell you the good and the bad. Yeah. 
So I saw this um, article and it was published by Kayla. I might botch the last name. Kozlowski. Let me see this thing. Yeah, that might be wrong. The top one. Kozlowski. You were right. Oh, okay. Get it, girl. Um, and she published it on the Christian Headlines um, dot com on June 30th of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, one of her pros was Homeland Security. It was more security that they were going to put mm-hmm. on the border, and it'll like it'll make less people. It'll make people less motivated to try to cross it. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one that I felt was the most important as a good thing for the wall to come up was drug cartels, gangs, and guns. Mm-hmm. Um, she quoted, according to CNN, Mexican drug cartels take in between $19 billion to $29 billion annually from sales in the U.S. First off, mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. Yep. Second off, you do you know how many college funds you can pay off with that money? much money? Yep. Um, Shoot, y'all dark hotels doing the wrong thing to a right. service. If you yeah, had college kids, <laughs> you would yeah. get free everything. And then she also quoted that according to Political Fact, the Trump administration reports there are more than 10,000 MS-13 gang members across 40 states. Jesus. Um, MS-13... MS-13, whose motto is kill, rape, and control. I don't know how factual that is or not. Uh-huh. I didn't. I w- forgot to look that up and see if that's actually their motto. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. So don't come at me, MS-13. <laughs> um, it was founded in LA, actually, in, ni- in the 1980s by refugees from the Civil War of El Salvador, Guatemala, and Nicaragua. Um, political facts reports that experts told them um, that the growth of MS-13 in the U.S. is related to the draconian policies in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador Mm -hmm. that pushed the gang out of the U.S. Now, draconian, I looked it up, and it was excessive, harsh, and severe laws. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what that means. They also said that... um, I lost my thought. Girl, don't lose it. You better catch it. So if they do build this wall, it decreases the number of dangerous criminals, including gangs, drugs and guns, and human trafficking from entering the country. And that I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are, you know, that's what we're trying to avoid. We're not trying to bring more crime into the U.S. Now, y'all, not every person that crosses the border is a drug dealer, criminal, rapist, of course, murderer, blah, 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 blah. So y'all need to chill that out. Some people are actually just for real trying to give their kids a better life than what they would get in their hometown. And And most of them are refugees. And let me tell you, it is super... I have been to Honduras. Mm -hmm. And, yo, you can make a lot of money over there. Mm -hmm. But these people would rather leave that opportunity to move to somewhere where they have to bust their butt every single day. Mm -hmm. They can't call out. They can't be sick. They have to get the most trashy jobs ever in order to just give their kids a better way of life. Mm-hmm. Like, people aren't just trying to come over here just for the hell of it. Oh, no. You talking about leaving parents, leaving, you know, sisters, brothers, family, sometimes mm-hmm. husbands and wives. Yeah. You have people who leave their kids because the trip over here isn't easy either. Oh, no. So... 
y'all have to also take that all into consideration. Another thing that I looked up was how much crimes in the U.S. are actually from Hispanic people, though. Uh, let us see where these coming from. So I got this from the FBI, so the Federal Bureau of Investigation Crime Data Explorer. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2018, 364,800 violent crime incidents and 419,724 offenses reported by the U.S. by 7,610 law enforcement agencies that were actually submitted. Mm -hmm. So that's how many criminal incidents and offenses were reported from all these people. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the offenders, the people that committed the crime, because that's who we're looking at. Who are they? So... Sex-wise, um, 78% of it was male, mm-hmm. 17% was female, mm-hmm. and 5% was unknown. Okay. Gender, like race, mm-hmm. was 46% white people. White. 43% black. Uh-huh. 9% unknown, which I'm assuming is Hispanic because I don't know if a lot of people don't know this. There is no box under race for Hispanic people. Really? Mm-mm. Well, dang. We're under ethnicity. <laughs> like, I literally check mine unreported because I'm not white. I'm not Indian. I'm not from Alaska. I'm wow. not black. I thought there was always a Hispanic box. Mm-mm. Some people have it. Mm-hmm. Some places, they do put Hispanic under race. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Wow. Y'all need, to, y'all need to get it together. <laughs> you guys aren't even important enough to put in a box to put in a box right now i wish i wasn't important enough to put in a box girl um 19% was american um indian mm-hmm. and one i'm sorry not 19% 1% was american indian 1% was asian but i feel like we should let the american indians commit as many crimes as they want to for what they've gotten <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i mean that's another thing. I mean, they were defending these lands for such a long time. Yeah. And then y'all... Which is another thing that gets me... Y'all know white people, y'all immigrants too, right? Exactly. And I'm tired of people saying, go back to where you came from. Go back to where, sir. You literally took me from my land. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I come from, so we stuck here together. Can we get like a native Indian president? That would be great. He can put everything back to where it was. We can be sitting around a fireplace with some huts. Exactly. We can finally give Mexico back their land. Mm -hmm. Because if you actually look at back what the United States looked like, we're literally sitting in most of us in Mexican land. Right. Yeah. So Texas was Mexico. Right. California was Mexico. Right. That's why they have the Baja California. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So like, anyway, we're... When we're talking about this, it's mostly our opinions with the, with facts, of course, because we do have to say what we have to say, but we have to back it up with facts for yeah. events. Yeah. Um, we both don't agree that the wall should be up. We do see what other people are saying, but at the end of the day, I honestly feel like this whole wall is a waste of money, is oh, a waste definitely. of time. Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. Yeah. And it's been about five years. Actually, I think it's about getting closer to like the seventh year of them not having clean water. Like it's getting there to where it's going to be double digits. And I don't understand. Why they haven't done anything. Exactly. So at the end of the day, 
we need to put our resources into helping America be great yeah. again right. by actually being great now. Right. Like, forget about the wall. There's many ways we need to fix our immigration status because, please, immigration as a whole for America sucks. Yep. I should know because I was part of that system mm-hmm. and now I'm a naturalized citizen. Being part of that situation was horrible and terrifying at the same time. We know these people are seeking refuge. How about at the border, we have security officers to ask them why they're coming, yep. to see them, to get them screened, to know that they're not coming in with drugs or coming in with the intent of having criminals in it bring them back to the homeland and have them going through work through programs that's going to pay us off as well something that's going to work out but hey what do i know right and and i was thinking that too so like it's not that i don't so i have kind of like a yes and no type of thing like a love and hate relationship with the wall yeah um do i think that that's what we should be doing no I think there's other ways that you guys can, that we can fix it. Um, now, because of, you know, the drugs and, because I'm not going to say every person that passes through that wall is angels. We're not saying all that. But there is a system. Like you said, we can have them checked at the border. Uh-huh. Make sure they're, you know, everything is good. Uh-huh. You can put them in a year provisionary period. Like, you can have, use that money that you want to do for the wall and create an apartment complex. Have them there for a year. Mm-hmm. Make sure that, you know, they follow the rules. They follow, you know, all that stuff. Get them working and into school and everything that they need to do. And then after that year, they are free to go with a work visa anywhere they want to go. But then you check up on them every year. Yeah, do a welfare check. Yeah. Like, it's not that difficult because not everybody's trying to... Not everybody's trying to do bad in yeah. the United States. I mean, we can't be that thinking that the people... Like, we already do too much damage on ourselves as United States citizens. We've done too much now mm-hmm. to now think that everybody else wants to, like, come in and destroy mm-hmm. us. Not saying that... People who come in have really great intentions because everybody has, everybody's selfish. People are coming out for their own. They're coming to survive because they think that this would be a great thing, but they know the coming here is still going to be hard. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, we all know this. So I don't know why we can't come together and be like, okay, look, we do not like people coming into a country like that. So how can we regulate it to make it fair for everybody? Right. And another thing that you guys have to understand, because um, I know a lot, I hear this a lot of times, like, why don't they just get visas? It's not that easy. Oh, my God. It's so not easy. Um, you actually have to pay mm-hmm. to the for the process mm-hmm. to get the visa. This is how it is. Like, every time I make an example, it's how it is in Honduras, because that's the only thing I know. Um, so you pay for them to, and you pay thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. For them to do the paperwork to see if you get approved. Mm-hmm. If you don't get approved, you just lost all that money. Yep. Because they don't give it back to you. It's not like you get a refund. Nope. And it's not like they process everything, see if you get approved, and then you have to pay. Mm-mm. You pay first. And if you get approved, great. They give you the visa. If you don't get approved, USOL, buddy, got try again later and give another couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, they can make money, but we don't got money like that. Mm-hmm. 
So their best bet is to just pay a coyote, like I'll just pay you two hundred, you know, a thousand dollars for you to take me over there. Mm-hmm. It'll be so much more cheaper. Now, yes, it's more, a lot more dangerous. A lot of people die. Mm-hmm. You know, a whole bunch of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Some people give up and they just stay in Mexico or stay, you know, Nicaragua, El Salvador, or whatever. Yeah. Um. Because another thing is, once you leave and people catch wind that you left to go to the U.S., you come back, you're dead. Yeah. It's no question Especially about... Especially when it's a country where it's not stable mm-hmm. and that it's ruled by so many people who think they're the they're the leader, but they're really not. Mm-hmm. So then you have a very like dictatorship situation you're, where you have to sit there and realize, is it worth staying here and having to let this be my normal? Right. Or should I risk my life going through the desert mm-hmm. to go to this country where I might not even see because I don't know if I'm going to make it. Mm-hmm. And when I get there, I know I might get deported back. But there's a slim chance I can make it through because others have done it. Right, right. And y'all have to come to the realization of these people are, when they're here, not only do... Now, you have... I don't know if you remember the Spanish teacher at our at our high school. Which one? Um, He was a very tall man, kind of slim. Mm-hmm. And he was a Spanish teacher. Did you know he was a lawyer? What? Mm-hmm. He was a lawyer, mm-hmm. top top of his class, very good lawyer. Mm-hmm. But down here, mm-hmm. he would have had to start from the bottom mm-hmm. and work his way up. Mm-hmm. He would have had to go to school and do it all over again. Yeah, they they didn't allow him to take the test and just automatically get certified. Mm-hmm. As a lawyer, even though he knew everything, mm-hmm. he had to start as a student, uh, like a law student, and work his way up all those years. You talking about this man is probably like in his 40s. Oh, yeah. By the time he even graduates and becomes a lawyer here in the United States, it's way too long. Exactly. It's just a lot. It's the educational system in um, America, which is very, very very discouraging because you have people like I have people in my church like I have a a doctor an actual doctor he's gone through everything Mm -hmm. he's an actual doctor in Kenya he can practice in Kenya but he can't practice here because he has to start all over this man literally has sons who are old enough to be I don't know basically have fathers like be fathers themselves Mm -hmm. so why would this 60 year old man go back to school start all over start all over again just to be a doctor no he he's qualified but they won't let him i worked at red cross with somebody who was a pediatrician Mm -hmm. and he was a pediatrician i think in bulgaria yeah if i'm not mistaken and he couldn't be that here because he would have to start from the bottom like you have these people and especially the hispanic culture who are very high up Mm -hmm. back home Mm -hmm. but come here for crappy jobs Mm -hmm. crappy pay and to run around and hide you have people scared to just go outside oh yeah because you don't know where the next check stop is. Mm-hmm. And we see the news of how, you know, cops treat black people. And we're just like, okay, if they treat them like that, how are they going to treat us? And they've 
they belong here. Mm-hmm. We don't. Mm-hmm. So imagine how they'll treat us. You know, we have, it's just, it's just, we are so scared out of our craps mm-hmm. to like do anything. I mean, yeah, obviously you see that, but it's also like, you made a really good point of like you guys seeing us. And you know, the the one thing I would, is, well, it's an example, basically, you know, ice was near my neighborhood. I- ice oh yeah, yeah yeah when the raids were happening yes they were near my neighborhood really? at that time i only had a green card and i'm telling you my family could not come outside like that we right. went to school we went to work and that was it like when i tell you the fear mm-hmm. i felt i never wish it for anybody else because even though we literally legally came here to America and we followed all the rules, mm-hmm. we got our green cards legally mm-hmm. and did all that we were still afraid of deportation. Right. Because even though they were targeting mostly Hispanics, it was an underlying thing where they were going after anyone who did not have their green cards or they were in the process of getting their green cards, or anyone who was not in good standing with the um, immigration office. Mm. And you never know when you're in good standing or not in good standing, because they ain't going to tell you. Yeah, no, they're not. They ain't going to tell you to give you a heads up. It's like, hey, you need to clean up your act. They're just going to let you know, hey, you're getting deported. Right, right. So it's like, we're fucking screwed at this point. So um, I totally get how, you know, the Hispanic felt about that during the ice race, as well as being afraid, you know, not being able to go out and doing what you want to do and everything and living your life. And which I, you should never go to a country that makes you feel that way. Yeah. And it's sad part is, is like, I hate when people say they're coming to steal our jobs. Yes. Jorge I mean, is coming in to steal your job. Um, no. Because I mean, at the same time, you want the job back. You want the job that this Hispanic lady is doing cleaning the toilet. But they're not doing that. Like, you have, like, and this is the main argument is, like, y'all talk about people coming to steal your jobs, but the jobs they're actually doing are the jobs that you do not That's want to do. You want to go and take her place and clean the toilet? Oh, I sh- I'm too good for that. Oh, but she's stealing your job. Yeah, you and know? that's most of them. They come here, the parents and the uncles and the aunts, they come do the dirty jobs to, excuse me, so that the kids can go to the school right. and get the better jobs like physicists, doctors, right. lawyers, um, freaking teachers. Right. But they're not coming to steal your jobs. They're earning it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're busting their butts, not seeing their kids, not doing... Because what? They got to stay up late. They're the ones cleaning your house, cutting your lawn, building your house. Exactly. These people build your house for crappy pay. hmm Because they're not even getting paid good enough. Like, exactly. Y'all don't understand. Y'all don't want to do the dirty work, and we'll do it because we need the money. hmm And we need to provide for our family, so we'll do it. And there's a pipeline. If you haven't noticed, all these parents and these uncles and these aunties doing all these type of jobs, mm-hmm. there's a pipeline that the children also go through. Yeah. Because they feel like because mom and dad and uncle and aunt did it, I have to do this way to be successful as well. It's like, no, you don't, sweetheart. You don't have to do this job. And sometimes a lot of people don't see is, prime example, I have a cousin mm-hmm. who moved, came down here. Mm-hmm. She is busting her butt, mm-hmm. painting. Her job isn't consistent because obviously when it's cold, you don't paint. Mm-hmm. So her job isn't consistent. She barely has money. She's backed up on, she lives in a trailer. They gave her the trailer 
and now she has to pay us for the land. She's backed up on the land. Her daughter's autistic. Um, she has so she has three kids. Her oldest son, um, who he's legal because his dad is legal. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have him who can be here, but not her. And her daughter can be here because her daughter was born here. Mm -hmm. She has a son in Honduras who she left because she couldn't bring him. Mm -hmm. Has been trying to bring him, but um, my uncle won't give him up. Yeah. Um, Because the little boy's literally a fountain of money. <laughs> he says he needs money for this and she'll send it mm-hmm. no questions asked um but she is busting herself trying to get through mm-hmm. and her son sees it her son sees the struggle that they go through and because her son sees that her son told her one time mom when i get older i'm gonna start dealing weed make money and you'll never have to work again in your life exactly that's why you got these kids doing all this dangerous stuff and getting all this in the drugs and the gangs and all that stuff Mm -hmm. because they they see their mom struggle and they think this is the quickest way that i can make if i can flip some drugs yeah the quickest way i can make 500 dollars so my mom doesn't have to bust her butt for a good couple you know for 200 dollars, and we can get some food because they don't have food they don't have half of that house Is not even built yet. Mm. Like literally, it's you go, you walk into the master door, and it's the floor is not there, the walls not all the way up because the house was being built, and they just left it there, and then they gave it to her. Mm-hmm. So she has to then she has to now build her house on top of that with an autistic child, a young kid who's seeing her struggle, not having enough money. Of course, he's one. He's gonna want to go out there and do something dangerous, exactly, to be able to help her out. And then next, you know, you've created these thugs, these right, um, these hooligans out here, and it all just comes down to the fact that we have a really bad inequality towards the minimum wage and how mm-hmm. we're not being paid fairly and that we don't have sustainable uh, living situations. Which is crap because, you know, in it is on the other side of the world. Which one? That's what I don't know. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, it wasn't Dubai. Somewhere that's Denver. No. Denver is in the United States. What am I going to start with the D? I have no idea. Um, but their minimum wage is like $15. Yeah. It's only, the United States has start doing that like they north carolina has now raised it to 15 dollars for minimum wage but look how long it took forever that's ridiculous that's just that's sad it's ridiculous to even have people in the new york they're like regardless of how much you raise the cost of living is way too damn high you literally have to be a billionaire to live like you know charlotte is one of the most expensive cities in north carolina like you literally need two jobs two and a half jobs just to be able to work there just to be able to live there that's yeah just, it's just crazy and i just don't understand why it's so hard to just pay people what they need you have teachers who have two to three jobs yep just to come up with ends meet nobody goes into teaching for money but it would be great if they could pay their bills with that job. So Luxembourg has the highest minimum wage in the world per hour. It's thirteen seventy eight. Like that is the minimum you would get. Duke has just recently raised it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still everywhere else in North Carolina is still seven twenty five. Mm-hmm. And this is ridiculous because I don't even know where this is. It's right above Florida. Mm-hmm. It's five dollars. What? No, your minimum wage is five dollars. That's not enough. That's not enough. 
You know what it is in California? What? 11. You know how expensive California is? Yeah. That's ridiculous. You got to make at least 15 to get your head and shoulders above water. Oh, yeah. Like, minimum. Minimally. Then you have to start making what doctor makes or like a nurse makes for you to be at least to be waist deep in water. Mm, That's ridiculous. Like, that's just sad. Yeah. Honestly. It's very sad. And... As we end this night, because I am getting so tired. I can see that. I can see it. Oh, God. My eyes are, like, closing. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening to our... Again, these are only our opinions with a few facts here and there. And um, they might differ from you. But in order to... open a conversation for us to understand one another we need to be willing to listen to each other and have a conversation right so don't dismiss what we've said and just call and just come for us because we're not trying to say that we're siding with trump because clearly we do not yeah we're just seeing both sides and trying to make sense of this crazy ordeal that Mm -hmm. we have to live in and also putting our experiences as women who have gone through the system of immigration Mm -hmm. as well as discriminatory um things that's happened here in the United States against us and what we've seen happen to our cultures. So these are only our opinions and we will see you next time for more conversations, more laughter. I don't know. Like we might, we might want to see y'all later. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about (laughs) y'all yet. (laughs) This is only the second episode. So, um, again, this is the unapologetically Afro-Latina. I am Queen Mufasa. And I am Boricoso. And you guys have a great night. Bye. Bye.